0: And we're live. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Podcast Act Round Zero, your home of the apocalypse for Podcast Act Round Zero, episode 48, I Am Legend. I am your legendary host, Jared the Apocalypse, Nerd Wallace, and our legendary sidekick or (laughs) co-host. Sidekick? Do I look like
1: Robin to you? Do I look like Tonto? Oh my god. Well, he said Ed McMahon he's kind of a sidekick so McMahon is a giant okay Ed McMahon is a giant Hey-o! Hey-o!
0: so we're our legendary co-host Bomb Glancy so we are back folks we took a little bit of a uh, little bit of hiatus as you know we were getting uh, before our last show in July. I didn't realize how long we had gone uh, honestly. Uh, it was before Gen Con, so we were a little bit busy. Then we had Gen Con. There's a couple of shows, and there's been a lot of stuff on people's plates. And then we start thinking, it's like, oh, okay, things have calmed down. Well, relatively calmed down a bit. And it's like, oh, shit, we've gone way too long without a show. So here we are. Yay! I had to
1: go I had to go through the, HP, uh, uh, the HP Lovecraft Film Festival is coming up. I've got plenty of work to do on a Kickstarter that's got me buried. And I also had to go uh, to the um, – Necronomicon
0: uh,
1: a convention in Providence, Rhode Island, which is kind of a unnecessary thing if you're a professional Lovecraftian. You need to show up, and
0: I did. So, so, so I guess I'm not a professional anymore since I didn't make it.
1: Well, you you have a newball young bride, okay? So,
0: and, that's, and, and and a day job that pays the bills.
1: There's so. that's right. Yeah, you you failed to uh, uh, to to wed a uh, newball heiress,
0: yeah.
1: uh, like I did. I am. Um, that's, uh, that's not true. She's not an heiress. She's pretty flexible, though. I don't know if that's the same thing as Nubile, but...
0: Tie oh out.
1: over out. Overshare. Tie we're out. now oversharing. Shut up,
0: co-host. Oops. <laughs> I've ruined the show again. But, uh, so yeah, so we went a little bit like, hey, but you know what? Like we said, guys, it's uh, labor love, and, you know, we got a little off track, and we do that, but, you know, we're back on track. We got... Uh, Got the show here. This is the one we planned on doing next anyway. So we're going to talk about and I Am will let-
1: And we'll be on track for a while,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. We should be. I don't see anything foreseeable yet. But, uh, hey, you never know what life will throw us. Um, could be an apocalypse. Yeah, there could be an apocalypse. Uh, well, I got the bed, I got the bed apocalypse tomorrow. We bought a new mattress like two years ago and the thing was a piece of crap. We had to warranty it. Like, it totally just, like, fucked up. I so, have never had a
1: mattress turn on me. What the hell did... What the hell are you and your new bald young wife
0: up to, exactly? Nothing to do with that, but you know, it was really defective, because when we, when we got the warranty done, they inspected the guy at the at, at the mattress place, like... Oh, the mid- oh yeah, that's a piece of crap. We've had so many returns on this because it's 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 it, they don't even make it anymore. You know, it so, was a bargain. Yeah. okay. Uh, it wasn't that cheap either, but it was just a piece of crap. So we you know, so we got it we got that coming tomorrow and they're like, Oh, let's do it tomorrow. I'm like, can't do it tomorrow, I've got too much going on. But um yeah, so that has, so yeah, that 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 the, the
1: mattress is still hanging over you like the sword of Damocles. Oh, it just,
0: oh yeah, well, fucking every night, every day I wake up like my back is killing me. It's just like, so we this we invet, we invested a little more more money in a better mattress. So this this is
1: why that, old so. men like us are just not geared for the apocalypse. If we're having trouble with our mattress, we're not gonna do we're not gonna do so good sleeping in our car eating dinky dee dog food. <laughs> It's not going to be good for us.
0: Oh, oh, like I've already said, when I was in high school, you know, I was like, Oh, hail the apocalypse, you know. I, I wanted it. Now it's just like, I'll just be an armchair apocalypse warrior. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> All
1: right. So what do we got that's new in the world of the apocalypse these days? Well,
0: before that, like I said, folks, we're going to talk about I Am Legend, yes. uh, the, the Richard Matheson novel. We are also going to talk about the three – for the three film adaptations of the movie, and there was a fourth independent one that went straight to the video that I only just found out about, like, yesterday, you know, so yeah. neither Scott or I have seen it, so we really can't talk to it, so, but you know what, if we haven't seen it, it probably isn't worth talking about, so, <laughs> um, so we're going to cover that, so. Uh, some apocalyptic news, what's happened uh, recently is, let's see, well, uh, Z Nation is back on the air, uh, the sci-fi channel, a uh, zombie uh, TV show, which I've said, mentioned before, and, and I do like it. I think it's good, uh, they don't take themselves too seriously, uh, it's not bad, and of course you have classic um, lines in that TV show, because Murphy is one, of the, is one of the main characters in it. He has classic line. He just had a classic line on the, on the second episode. Hey, the apocalypse means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> you know, so I, haven't se- I have not seen Z Nation yet. Uh, heck, I haven't seen Fear of the Walking Dead. How about you, sir? Uh, I've been watching Fear of the Walking Dead. But Z Nation, the first, the first season should be on Netflix, I believe. Okay. Yes, it is. So if you have time to squeeze that in. Like I said, it's campy, but it's not bad. They do, they do some cool stuff. Uh, I've been watching Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, we we're four episodes in. Um, a lot of people don't like it already. It's too slow, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? They said that about The Walking Dead, too. You know, sort of, But it's before it happens. It's during the breakdown. It's a slow burn. So you It is kind of, what you
1: wanted. I mean, they said it where you wanted it to be set, which is mm-hmm. not after the fall, but during
0: the crisis. And, and seeing why it all just went to shit. Because... You know, you know, the military taking over and doing this bad shit I could see already and people in denial, people not understanding what's going on. So you're getting all that, which would which would create the whole collapse. But again, the biggest thing about it, which we've said in all movie, all post-apocalyptic zombie things is in the zombie apocalypse. Generally, the zombie apocalypse doesn't exist. Yeah. As a genre. It doesn't, like, all like, nope, there's no, oh, what's, what's this, what's wrong with that person? Are they sick? Oh, why are you biting me? Oh, I'm beating you and shot, you're not dying. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, it does generally they don't exist, and you really have to give a suspension of disbelief for that, because you're like, um, yeah, if it happened, you know, I'm sure some people have done movies, like, oh, yeah, we know that zombies exist, and this is what we would do, you know. Uh, I, I don't know if a zombie apocalypse would would be able to get pulled off in, you know, in today today because so many people are aware of it and preparing for it that you know I think it would still go bad. Don't get me wrong.
1: Well, one of the things that goes on in uh, David Wong's book, this book is full of spiders. That's the title. This book is full of spiders. One of the things that goes on in it is this idea that he comes up with a problem that's showing up. Some I don't want to be too specific because some alien invasion, transdimensional. Incursion problem. It's very Lovecraftian in some ways, and the idea is is that because people are so programmed for the zombie apocalypse genre, people start reacting exactly the wrong way. You know, mm. it's just the opposite because the the genre exists because everybody's seen *Night of the Living Dead* and dawn of the Dead*. Everyone starts to fuck up, and that was the the best. That's one of the best. Uh, approaches I've seen to how do we turn a universal trope on its head in order yeah. to make the, the the movie or the situation
0: scary again. No, that's that's very that's that's good. That's a good approach because you have to do that because it's not it's not scary anymore. It, it, even as far back as uh Shaun of the Dead, you know, no. where it's like sh- sh- don't say that. What? that it's stupid you know yeah <laughs> don't say this
1: yeah at least i sort of liked the part they sort of acknowledged that there was such a thing as the genre but clearly you know we have to we don't want to sound stupid so we're not going to say it exactly
0: so uh that sounds also like, that sounds like a pretty cool first what was it called again
1: oh the, the book by david wong is called uh this book is full of spiders Uh, He's the guy who wrote uh, "John Dies in the End." He's a contributor to Cracked or an editor at Cracked Online. Um, What's uh, what's uh, since so much time has gone by? I don't think we've had a report from you on Mad Max the
0: video game. Okay, yeah, the video games. Um, It's okay. It doesn't really do anything that exciting. It's if you've played video games for a while. It's pretty standard fare. It's just like, okay, you have something to do, grind to get your stuff. Okay, oh look, we have to upgrade the, you know the, um, the opus. Uh, I forget what the fuck he calls it. The opus. Um, uh, the machine's like the the something opus. With, with the guy who's building it. It's like it's like the ultimate car. You know. so yeah. Okay. Oh look, we gotta get a frame, and oh look, now we can build weapons. Oh, it's 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 nothing new, nothing that innovative. You know, it's like you gotta grind and get food and get water. Did, did you get,
1: get more food. value out of uh, out of uh, Fallout's uh,
0: Vault Dweller game? Uh, no, 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 no. I'll get I'll go back to Mad Max. Since I've been playing, a couple of free games came out that I've been playing. So, but the Mad Max, like I said, it, it's okay. It's it's cool driving around like just rah, hearing the fast car and driving, you know, and you know the fighting's kind of interesting. But it's it, the atmosphere is nice. But it's nothing, nothing to write home about. It's you know you, you could buy it used. I would wait. You know, if you haven't bought it yet, wait. You know, get get okay. get, get it when it's like you know a third the price. <laughs> you know, that's that's my recommendation. Wait for Uh-oh. the hype to
1: die down. You've got your, has your Blu-ray turned up yet? Have you Fury, are you now uh, Fury
0: Fury Roaded? Oh, yes, yes. I got the Fury Road. And unfortunately, it did not have the, alter, the, the two alternative versions that, that uh, Miller said he was going to put on the Blu-rays.
1: <laughs> oh, no. What do you know about that?
0: Which was the black and white version and a silent version to where there was only music. Hmm. I was really curious to see those. If I would have known they were not going to be on there, I just would have got a, a digital version of it because it, otherwise it's kind of a waste of time, you know, it's, I feel like a waste of my money. Well, not really because the digital versions would have been the same price, you know, but um, I would have just got the digital because I didn't have those. I was curious to hear just the music version, you know, but it was funny was when we started watching it, 10 minutes into the movie, a neighbor's knocking on our door. It wound up being a mistake because they're like behind us, and they're like, "Oh, I hear music and this and that, dude." It's it's where this where our uh, speakers are compared to where your child's bedroom is at eight o'clock at night. You know, it's like, listen, it's not that late. Um, there's no way they're hearing this. It must be one of your neighbors on the other side blasting music, but because I had it cranked up, I got that Bose system with the subwoofer and stuff. So it's, I mean, it gets pretty loud. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I had that in, so it was it was nice. It was good seeing it through again. You know, so I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, uh, the vault, uh, they came out with an update for uh, the Fallout Shelter. It, it, it sparked my interest for another five minutes. Like, oh, look, different things going on. Okay, now I'm bored with it again. So it's not <laughs> – yeah, no, I, I barely go on every other day now. Just it's like, oh, look, they're dying because they have no water. Let me create some water. And that's, you know, it did. You know, again, it's a free game. So I got I got my time and value out of it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and it should be available on Android now, so you, should, you're, you're, um, you can download that.
1: I will, be, I, I will eventually, um, uh, although I admit that the most recent game I picked up was uh, they were offering uh, that game Amnesia. Um, uh, it's sort of a Lovecraftian uh, exploration adventure game. Um, good and scary. It has a reputation for being good and scary. It's, it is good and creepy, but they were offering it for free. Be on steam because the uh the new version of the game or new game in the series is coming out and they're like here try the original you know uh you know musty old version from a few years ago so free game is free game so i i i had my first foray into steam i'll probably going to be going
0: back for more stuff now that they've got the
1: the first hit is free
0: yeah. oh yeah that's how they get you oh yeah uh, i yeah, they've been playing free I've been f- playing free stuff too on the Xbox One they give out two games a month. One of them is a game called How to Survive. It's basically you're in the, like the Galapagos Islands and there's a crazy guy, there's zombies and some monsters and you got to build stuff. It, it's for a free game, it was fun. You know, I've been playing through it shooting zombies, building weapons, you know. Nice. Um, two other things uh, again coming out on Xbox One. So guys, if you have an Xbox One, these are things to look forward to is uh, are you familiar with the, the runaway hit app called Plague Inc? No. There is an app. It was big on the, on the iPhone. It was called Plague Inc. Basically, it's a, a virus plague simulator, um, you know, that they built that, you know, plagues break out. You, you build, you're a virus and you build, a, you know, how does it transmit? How does it this? How is it it's resistance? you know, pass or boats and planes spread the world. And you wanted to basically destroy the world as a, as a, as a a virus. And then they, wow.
1: So you're not defending against the virus. You are the bug.
0: You are the bug. You are captain trips. Did you name yourself captain trips? Uh, yeah. The first time I played it, I absolutely did. But, um, (laughs) of course, of course I did. Um, so it, (laughs) it, um, it's been out on, uh, on the apps for a while now, and uh, they, they they have a lot they have a lot of other versions like they have like a zombie virus and this and that. It got so recognized that the CDC loved it and said that this is a great simulator for how diseases spread. Oh yeah, they've gotten huge recognition for this. Like they're like, listen, you did, you built a perfect thing here. They came out with a version for the Xbox. It's on the Xbox One, so now I can play it on a big big screen. So, they got Plague Inc. on Xbox One. And in October, I know it's been out for all you PC gamers who think they're superior. um, uh, The piece uh, Wasteland 2, the the console version for PS4 and Xbox One, are coming out next month of Wasteland 2. So, like two weeks before Fallout 4 comes out. So, I'm like. Should I pick it up or should I wait till it goes on sale? Because I'm gonna play it for two weeks and then Fallout's gonna come out.
1: And uh, really, you're gonna pick up Fallout immediately because I don't plan to pick it up for six months until all the DLC is out and all the patches. And then I'm going and then I'm disappearing for about six months.
0: Uh, I don't know because I you know unfortunately I missed out on the pre-order for the Pip Boy edition, mm. which I'm uh, extremely not happy about. Um, but apparently, they said that there's going to be some additional release on lo- release day, so I'm going to see if maybe I could snag myself one. So I got uh, at first I was like oh, I don't need that, and I'm like, yeah, I need that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, the collector gene just rears its ugly head again, doesn't but, it? But but it, but it's so fucking cool, you know. That's what I'm like. Uh, uh, I got to get that. But uh, yeah, the first day I could have got my hi- hands on one, and I didn't, and I regret it. Yeah. So, so if we have Fallout Force come out, so you know, Wasteland 2 is coming out, uh, Plague Inc. is already out, uh, but again, Wasteland 2 you know, is the predecessor, is the sequel to the Wasteland game, which originally came out in 1990.
1: Yeah, I, I helped kickstart that way back ago. So, yeah, that's coming out. So,
0: I want to I play it, and you know what, I'll probably wait on that because I'm sure. It won't be a huge success, so you know it'll go down in price. So I'll wait. I'll wait on that one. You know.
1: Well, let me ask a question here. What else? What else? Have, uh, we, we got anything orbiting in the apocalyptic world of, of movies?
0: There's a whole bunch of stuff I've seen on um, Quiet Earth. Like I just saw a trailer for Seals versus Zombies, Navy Seals versus Zombies. Okay. The trailer looked okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: The uh, the ones I was thinking of was again what I mentioned before. um, Oh, Maze Runner. Yeah, Maze Runner, which I haven't seen yet. I had no clue this was set in a post-apocalyptic world until the previews for the the Scorch Trials came out, uh, which is some sort of which is a sequel. And then suddenly I'm like, oh wait, this is a post-apocalypse. Oh great, I'm gonna have to watch some young adult novel. I shouldn't be too grumpy about that because that British film, this is the way we, this is the, this is the way we live now, um, which was based on a young adult novel, was actually pretty cool. Uh, the woman, the girl, the American girl who visits England and then a nuclear bomb goes off in London and there's some kind of war, but because they're kids, they don't really get to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. They did a lot of very cool things in that film. Uh, it was surprising, surprisingly good. Uh, i I was very happy where, you know, somebody just shoots somebody right in the middle of them being reasonable. Like, bad guys are being bad. You get the drop on them, and then they start talking about how reasonable and you know not violent they're going to be, and our heroine just shoots him mid sentence. I was just like, golf clap. Oh yeah. Because uh, no, no, we saw what he's like when he had the drop on everybody. Yeah. This this new. Revelation of reasonableness is only going to last until it gets the gun away from you. So let's just start off by gut shooting. Uh, so this live was pretty good. So what do you see about the Maze Runner? I mean, you've seen Maze Runner,
0: right? I saw the first one very, it's not very, very post-apocalyptic, but it winds up being apocalyptic, you know, like at the end. like, oh, look, the world's, you know, you know the world's destroyed and this is what's going on. So I have to see the second one because it definitely gets them out into the world. So I have to see what the environment looks like. It's just I just have to do it. You know, it's again young adult novel. It's it's nothing. It's not, well, it's not, not rocket science, but
1: technically, aren't the Shannara sort of Shannara novels set in post-apocalyptic setting?
0: I'm sorry, did you say something?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I know they're doing the sword and sorcery and elves shit around you know collapsed. Uh, Space Needles, that's not gonna get me to watch it. I I realize that it's technically post-apocalyptic, but I don't know that I'm gonna be able to swallow Uh, that particular pill. Especially
0: since it's being done by MTV, right? If I remember correctly? Oh,
1: I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly,
0: but I read the books in high school. Yeah, I know at the beginning it hinted that there was like, oh, it's three billion years after whatever, and I'm like, okay, not really, to me, not really post-apocalyptic. And also to me, not very good books. So. No,
1: me too. I'm sort of amazed that they're that they that the series has lasted this long, and that it's now being made into. I mean, I guess it's all part of that George R. R. Martin. Let's pile on to George, and you know, what's this stupid show, the bastard Ex- executioner? Uh I, I've been hearing terrible things about that. Trying to catch the 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 uh, Game of Thrones bandwagon and do something swords and sorcery or chivalry.
0: Or, oh yeah, everybody's trying to do get onto that, but. Yeah, but that's what really I know for movies coming out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out. There.
1: There's there's one other I want to point out. There's uh, something called The Fifth Wave, which hmm. uh, has um, in it people you'd recognize. Uh, it's Chloe Grace uh, Mortens from uh, from Kick-Ass. Okay. Uh, Liv Shriver's in it. Um, uh, Ron Livingston, who I think uh, you might remember from Office Space and from I think he was in um, Band of Brothers. He's sort of the main protagonist in in Office Space. Um, It is it is it is a alien invasion apocalypse. It looks a lot like uh,
0: Falling Skies.
1: Okay.
0: A lot like Falling Skies, which I saw like three quarters of the first season when I thought it was good. I just haven't followed it since.
1: I watched through maybe two seasons of it until the uh, the other aliens showed up who were like, yes, we're totally one to fight these other aliens, and we're willing to do it to the last human, which I thought was sort of a, oh, wow, we're the third world. Terrific. <laughs> we're going to be the little shit stain in the universe that these two alien superpowers play out their, their Cold War in. That'll be fun. But I haven't picked up on it since then. It got a little repetitive. Uh, didn't feel like they were giving me enough um, progression of story. Uh, so I haven't. I did not keep up with it after the second season. But this movie, The Fifth Wave, it has elements of that in it. It also has some elements of uh, David Gerald's War Against the couture, where before the aliens even step on the planet, they're, you know, they're dropping uh, rocks into the ocean from orbit they're you know, uh, they're dropping plagues on us. You know what I mean? They're hitting us with EMP weapons from orbit and fucking us up before they even show up, you know, cause they have the high ground, but we'll see, maybe it'll be good. Um, the, the, the preview looked a little young adult to me,
0: but you know. check it, check it out. But if you ever want to see a good, a good resource for, for a, for a post-apocalyptic movies, uh, and stuff, and they talk about other things too, but there's a website called quiet earth, uh QuietEarth.us. They're really good at uh, that's where I see a lot of my information from is on the Quiet Earth site. They also mentioned that there's gonna be a Steven there's gonna be a, a television adaptation possibly of The Mist. Oh so we'll, Okay. Yeah, we'll see we'll see what they could do with that. But um, well, they can you know, as far as I'm concerned, they can only ruin it because good movie. You yeah, all love the good movie. So all right, so that's really all we're gonna talk about for that. Let's move on to the, the subject matter. Oh, yes. So uh, I am Legend. Richard Math- Richard Matheson published nineteen fifty four or fifty one. I think it was fifty four. Fifty four. Because it's ten years later that uh, Last Man comes
1: out. I mean, that's the last one that Matheson had any contact with.
0: Yeah, he he, he worked on the screenplay on that one. So it is it is a post apocalyptic. It is a vampire apocalypse. It's um, the character you know thinks he's the last man on earth. Uh, Robert Neville. Is a, is a protagonist's name he uh, is the last human left in a world of vampires because there was a play is, how did, did I' I'm trying to I, it's been a while since I read the book uh, but it was it was basically a plague that was coming out was it like
1: there was a plague and it was also spread by an ongoing global conflict elsewhere in the world ah. um, it wasn't uh, it, it, it you know it wasn't as spelled out as it is later in Omega man right yeah where they're just like bacteria, the Russians, the Chinese just unleashed bacteriological warfare on it. And I'm, my money's on the Russians dropping the bugs myself. Cause you know, uh, they're, they'd be drowning in all those Chinese, you know, army guys got to thin them out with some bug and whoops, it got out of control because go figure it. They're the Russians, you know, they're, <laughs> um, so, uh, it's not nearly as overtly spelled out as it is in Omega man, but, he does talk about it being mosquito-borne. Mm, okay. you know, I mean, eventually in the book, he, he diagnoses the disease not as a virus, but as a bacteria, and um, which has two different stages to it. It's really cool. And his main character isn't a scientist. Robert Neville is not a scientist like he is in the later adaptations. He's just a blue-collar guy who goes and educates himself, um, you know, because he missed some of the information of the apocalypse while it was going on. But later goes back and tries to check records and newspapers and books and articles and try to figure out what happened. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it is a mosquito-borne uh, 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 virus, which you know, which I love. So it means that you can get it, and it doesn't take a vampire. Well, it takes a
0: tiny, tiny vampire.
1: Yeah, that that idea always freaked me out in zombie apocalypse movies. What if it's spread by? If it can be spread by a bite, what if it's spread by a mosquito bite? Yeah. That would, that would blow chunks. That would be fucked up. But in this one, that's what it is. So um, it very quickly, you know, there's no such thing as a front. It gets everywhere. And the book takes place over, I think, three years.
0: I believe so. Uh, as you see him going through various stages of being crazy because yeah, because he's in isolation he's by himself he's got his routines to try to keep himself going but as you see in the books which i think they also address in the uh, movies is that eventually he starts slipping yeah and, and that's where that's what happens he eventually starts to slip
1: they, because, they miss they miss the out there's a whole bout where he's drunk in the books where, where, where he just starts drinking away the apocalypse they usually miss that in the movies but I would think that is one of the one of the five stages of post-apocalypse is drinking.
0: <laughs> I think it's in all five stages, but yeah, uh, it, it might actually be. <laughs> well, but no, in in, in the Omega Man, uh, you know, Charlton Heston does like his drink. Every time he's coming back, he's always mixing drinks. So,
1: yeah, yeah and they sort of go, they sort of imply that he's sort of drinking and asleep at the wheel during the one attack. Yeah, you know, when they when they start. Um, uh, 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 catapulting his his brownstone or his whatever his apartment is, but um, yeah, I had read uh, I Am Legend back in high school. I guess it was uh, back in that time period in the '80s when we were all starved for more zombie stuff. We'd had Night of the Living Dead and we'd had mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, and we had nothing else. And the we were Day
0: starved. Day of the Dead hadn't come out yet. No. Yeah. Exactly. And so uh, you yeah, had some of the Italian ones.
1: Yeah, and they were always poop. I, I never got into Italian zombie films. I'm sure there there, there are people who tell me that Fulci's a zombie is great. Uh, it never it never got me. It never got me interested. Um But this book did. Uh, as a kid, I absolutely loved uh, a, a number of things about it, not the least of which was I, I totally loved Richard Matheson sciencing up superstition. That's one of the big themes is that the vampire thing uh, is, he makes the point that that maybe this was around in the past, but never really got out of control, never got into a super virulent form. Um, and this is where the legend of vampires comes from. But, you know, now, you know, because uh, they, he talks about how, you know, the, 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 the there's things about the disease that mimic vampirism.
0: Yeah,
1: but it's it's not actually vampirism uh, The afraid of uh, mirrors afraid of crosses um, uh, garlic. yeah, it all has to do with psychosomatic effects uh, in the novel that that people are afraid of things because they think they're supposed to there's one point where he builds a, a moat around the house to run water through and the vampire who's never heard the legend that vampires can't cross water, he walks right across it. Um, so, uh, really, really a good start off, sort of. And, and it's a, it's a really good meditation on total fucking isolation. Oh yeah, you know? uh, it's a really good meditation on on, on that on on uh, absolute your failure of identity in the face of total isolation. You know, who are you? if there's nobody around you to reflect on who you are or reflect your personality to you. Um, the thing with the dog in the book is, is, you know, just gut wrenching where he has a moment to have some companionship and it just leads to more loss. You know, the dog comes back in a couple of versions. Dog comes back in the Vincent Price version and it comes back in the Will Smith version. Yeah. Um, usually tragically. Um, but uh, Robert Neville had to kill his wife because he wouldn't—he uh, wouldn't surrender her to the uh, to the, crema- the government crematoriums and body disposal—and now spends his days just smelly and hairy and stalking through the landscape. And do you remember the part about how he's stronger than the vampires? Yes. The the plague victims are kind of weak. It takes multiple ones to overpower him. That's really interesting because the. Can, I, can we do the final spoiler for the end of the story?
0: Uh, yeah. Fo- well, again, folks, you know, we're talking about a book that came out in the 50s, and you know we're going to discuss this kind of stuff. So uh, let me give the, uh, you know, standard spoiler alert. So if you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen. But we know you're here to listen because you know we're going to talk about stuff.
1: So. Uh, the, the ending of it, the whole title is the ending, which is um, he finds out, you know, that he's not alone in the world. Yeah, there he, are,
0: he's a scary monster.
1: Yeah, that there are. Yeah, that the at some point the people who have the vampirism disease have found a way to partially treat the disease so that they won't go crazy, so they won't become beasts, but they're still damaged by sunlight. Uh, If they stay out in it too long, uh, they still have you know other problems. But he's still going through the the post-apocalyptic wasteland and killing everybody he finds. So because he's stronger and can go out in the daylight when they can't and can see in bright light, he's like the scary monster that comes out at night. He's the boogeyman. Yeah, and he becomes their boogeyman. He's the thing that people are, you know, go to bed or the Neville. The Neville will get you, you know, like he's the Krampus or the you know, or the boogeyman or,
0: or something like that. Or uh, Well, you know? and also if I remember correctly uh, is that – there's victims of the plague, but there are living victims and dead victims. So yeah. he can't tell the difference between a dead plague victim and a live plague victim. They're like, "Oh no, we're not all those. Those are the dead ones. Those are the the, the poor Slavs. We even get, we even kill them. Well, you're killing living people, so you're a monster." That yeah. is, and the the Vincent Price movie, uh, The Last Man on Earth, follows the book pretty, you know, pretty closely, you know, it's not, you know, it, it, it hits all the main things. And that was a, I don't know, that was a problem, but that's one of the things that I thought was kind of strange about the book, Is like, I know, I know the point was to be ironic in the story that, oh, look, he's the monster, he's a legend, blah, blah, blah. I know that's the whole principle of it, but the whole point of it is, you know, like, oh, they're coming to get you, they found you, they're going to execute you, and this and that, but it's like, okay, well... If you guys knew where he was, when you say made, they, yeah. we say they, you mean the the half-infected people, the the ones who
1: are still yes. got their brains intact.
0: Figure out where he is. Yeah, the, the organized ones who have rebuilt the whole society uh, 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 in the night, because that's how they they can exist, and they have their laws and they have their government, and they've tracked him down and they're going to execute him because he's killing people. Well, the problem, the thing is, yeah, I know ignorance of the law is no excuse, but he doesn't know. As far as he knows, and, and if you guys know that he's doing this, why didn't they do something to try to contact him? Yeah, they're supposed to spy on him because that's all they do is send a spy. Yeah. They spy on him and they're like, oh, there he is. Let's get him. It's like, well, if you guys knew he's been doing this all on killing the living people, not in, along with the dead, how do they know that he doesn't know that? Or how do you not know that? Well, if he's not a monster. Doesn't he have a doesn't he have immunity? Why would they want to kill him? Why would they want to try that's that's what's stupid to me about the story. It's like, why, why would they did, not try why to Why didn't they
1: communicate? Him? Why didn't they just leave a note?
0: Yeah. Because he's gonna see a note that's written. He knows, well, these monsters aren't gonna leave me a note and try to trick me because nobody's ever left me a note before. So they could have well, I can see the whole early.
1: part. I can see a whole part of the novel where he's trying to figure out is it a trap? Is it a trap? Is it a trap? Yeah. He's been living on fight or flight. For three years yeah. and somebody tries to reach out to him maybe the first person who weeks reaches out to him gets whacked you know because he's so he's so gone but they, they kind of skip over that and the other society immediately starts treating him as the freak that needs to be eliminated you know without yeah. passing through any
0: other stage of, of oh yeah it's not, it's not like they tried to contact him and try to work things out with him and communicate and like, okay, well, it's not working out. He's a crazy fuck. Let's get him. No, yeah. none of that happened. You know, why didn't they reach out? Because apparently he's immune. Well, why is he immune? Well, let's let's work with it. Let's get him in here, try to find out what's about him so we can cure everybody. Well, there's That's, a... That doesn't make even, any
1: fucking sense There's to there. even a thing where the note that the girl Ruth, the spy, uh, Ruth leaves him a note saying, you know, you got to get out of here. I'm from a society, and she explains who this group is and that he's got to get gone because uh, they're going to come from. And she says in the note, something like, I don't know if I could protect you. We're, we're still, we're rebuilding society. We're eliminating the monsters. And she says something like that might include you and others
0: like you. Oh, so there's other people out Which there. Which
1: implies that maybe she's aware of others and this, you know, they, they, they've, they've, Made a decision that these others will never be reintegrated into society. You know what I mean? That they're they're too crazy for being alone, or they they that somehow there's maybe there's a past experience you know uh, with other survivors, and he's just one of who knows how many
0: who has oh, yeah, so eliminated. And like I said, they didn't touch on it. Maybe maybe they tried that and it didn't work, so they just okay. they made they made a unilateral decision. Okay, any of these lone survivors, even though they even though they survive, they're immune. We can't do anything with them, but but to me that doesn't make sense because again, you know what? Even if it's a matter of capturing them and putting them in cages and at least experimenting with them to get the blood, because they have to be able to make a serum, they have to yeah. be able to find a cure from these people who have immunity. You know why would they? Oh, we're just gonna kill them. And we're just gonna. We're just gonna be a society that can never go out in the daylight and live in the dark it, to me that seems kind of stupid I'm sorry yeah not yeah. not to mention because it's daylight how often <laughs> uh, more, more so than dark depending on where you live you know, they yeah. don't have to, they don't have to move to Alaska like in uh, 40 days a night you know yeah, except except that when summer comes around it's you know
1: four hours of dark and 20 hours of light um, you're screwed no matter what unless you're gonna be a migrant society that changes hemispheres with the seasons Well, you live in a boat You know, I. It's, it's, um, well, we'll look it's surprising, it's, yeah. it surprises me that they didn't, uh, it surprises me too, that they didn't find a way to, uh, to, to try and harvest him or something, or there wouldn't, I mean, I, I if, they'd, if they'd come after him with the, well, we're going to dissect you and find out why you work. I would totally buy that without a second thought that, yeah, yeah. they're going to dissect him. Um, because they want to find a cure and his, you know, they're not concerned about whether he survives their search for the cure. But just to show up and eliminate him, uh, it's almost as if they'd given up on a cure. Like, this is the new world, and we're all going to be like this, and we're not going to try and change it.
0: And Which, yeah, know. And only, to, and for them to, be, to get at that point only after three years seems a little, you know, I don't know. It's, it, 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 it doesn't seem as plausible to me, but again. Yeah.
1: Um, still, uh, the. Um,
0: uh, it's, well, because also because also with the daylight, like for example, because up in Seattle, I've been there. I've been there during the summer. Yeah, I've been there during the summer. Yeah, it's still fucking light out at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, sundown's uh, nine thirty. Nine thirty, and then when is sun up? And when is sun up? It's like oh, it's, it's
1: still like six. It's like six uh, to five yeah. thirty, um, yeah. and it's the other way around. You get deep into winter, sun's gone by four o'clock in the afternoon, and four thirty, it's it's completely black, and it the sun doesn't and come, come up until like. Almost
0: eight, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so during the summertime, it's like, well, you know, we have, we have, uh, we have short work weeks, you know, <laughs> in that society during the summer when it's so bright. So, there's yeah. a
1: really There's a really good old uh, episode of Tales from the Dark Side, which I, I'll try and look up, uh, which is all about these vampires that live in a gulag uh, in Siberia. They're, they're up there in a Soviet-style gulag in the 80s. And the basic deal is there's, there's, this, there's this reciprocal relationship between the prisoners and the vampires where the prisoners voluntarily, you know, take blood transfusions or, or to feed the vampires during the summer months when the vampires can't because it's almost daylight the whole time, you know, so the vampires uh, can't, you know, uh, go out and hunt. Um, so the, the people in the camp feed them their own blood to keep them around. And then at winter, when it's dark 16 hours a day, and there's all these wolves up there that come, looking, come into the gulag looking to eat the prisoners, uh, the vampires end up killing the wolves and keeping them away from the camp.
0: And, uh, it and, was, go, and, and don't kill the other people because, hey, you're our food source for part of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, they 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 have this. They act like you know it stops being a parasite, and start being a symbiote, because they're they're stuck up there. They can't escape either. They'd never be able to get out of the you know they they wouldn't be able to get to a place to be safe out of the sun or you know what uh, uh, with the creepy Stalinist KGB security state everywhere. Um, their ability to escape is really small. So they've settled settled down to a. Since Stalin and new generations of prisoners keep getting sent there and they just, you know, again, have this relationship where it's like, you feed us and we'll protect you. But um, something like, you know, again, the, 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 that kind of um, a relationship doesn't show up in, you know, isn't explored in I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, the 64 movie, Last Man on Earth, uh, you want to lead on that?
0: Yeah, Uh, one thing I'm going to say about, no, I only watched it this week. Um, First time I've ever watched it, because uh, when I first, I probably first saw Omega Man in the 80s, and then I only heard about, I maybe heard about uh, Last Man on Earth years later. Vincent Price, Last Man on Earth, didn't know it was related until years and years later. And then I was like, oh, so it's more based off the book, which is Vampires. I wasn't as interested to track it down, because I was more interested in the Omega Man, because, you know, Charlton Heston. And um, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Um, one thing about the movie, which I totally noted in my head, because it happened in the day of the Triffids. Either what is with what is with these '60s, you know, science fiction slash horror films, to where they always have to end in a church. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. Instead of instead of waiting in his cell to be executed, they hound him into a church. Yeah, and uh, stab him to death.
0: Oh, they spear Uh, him with uh, one of those spears that they were killing the monsters with. But again, it ends in a church. Day of the Triffids ends in a church, and I'm sure if we really looked at it, there'd be we find a lot of other those '60s black and white safaris that ends in a church. Wow. There's the Quatermass
1: experiment where the astronaut comes back from outer space, turns into a shagoth, and eventually they electrocute it to death in a cathedral. So there's your next church. See? Oh, my God. War of the Worlds. Everyone's hiding in the church in George Powell's War of the Worlds as the Martian war machines are getting closer and closer, and then, they all, then the Martian machines just crash into the street because they've, they finally came down with the flu. And so they it kind out, of ends
0: they, in a and, they, and, they, and they came. They came out of a church. Yes, yes, they did. There, there there, they a church. A, there's a fucking pattern here, man.
1: <laughs> I think you may be right. I think you might actually be onto this something. Uh, like not not all of
0: not all of them, but I guarantee you, there's a lot.
1: Mm, there's always the part where they had to like kind of kowtow to public opinion and not, you know, go too far down the road of it's all science can be explained by science there's a lot of you know and then god's littlest creation the the bacteria beat the martians you know so there may be some of that going on there mccarthyism
0: Um, mccarthyism cold war era hey science science and soviets are bad be a good church going christian american yay that's when we put
1: uh, in God we trust on the money. It's when we put under God in the pledge. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a little uh, pandering or kowtowing to public opinion, you know.
0: Damn you, McCarthy, uh, you've ruined everything. But um, so well, I, Most things. Most yeah. things. So, yeah, so black and white film, Vincent Price uh, follows the book, you know, pretty, you know, not word for word, but it, 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 gets, it follows all the main points, uh, you know, pretty good. And it tells a lot of the story in flashbacks, like the book does. Flashbacks, yep. And, uh, we are, guys, we were talking offline before the show started, and Scott brought up a very good point about the beginning of the movie, that the movie is basically him waking up, going through his, his grind, going through his routine, doing what he does, but they add a voiceover, you know, because maybe they felt that people wouldn't understand what's going on like they did with Blade Runner uh, but Scotty made a good point that, that it, been, it would have been the movie would have felt a little different if the beginning there was no there was no uh, voiceover dialogue and you just saw him going through his routine because the routine pretty much shows you everything and you could figure out what's going on from there.
1: Yeah, the the, the handmade calendars he's got piled up, you know, for, written on
0: the wall like he's in fucking prison, you know.
1: Yeah, um, him going and checking all the garlic for freshness. If they I mean there's a voiceover saying, I've gotta check the garlic to keep the vampires out. But if you just watch this guy go, get up, check his garlic, check his supplies, go to the lathe and make a couple of table legs into steaks, stick it in a bag, get in the car without a word, drive around Kick in doors and stab people to death. With yeah. no explanation. And you're like, what the fuck am I seeing? Right? You know, and you, but then some of it would be explained in flashbacks. you would go back and go to the parts where it's all going down. And his, his neighbor is, uh, who becomes his nemesis, uh, Ben something or other. In the book, he's Jewish.
0: And there's this whole thing where the cross as well. Aren't Jews the are enemy of everybody? So. Well,
1: yes. We we you have a tendency to poison the wells and put the blood of baptized children in the matzah. But apart from that, you're lovely people. Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> thank, thank you.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, uh, the 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 that sequence. I accidentally watched it one time with the sound off, and I started just watching Vincent Price. You know, without it, without any speaking dialogue, just act his way through the scene. It's actually really effective. I really wish that had been a scene with no dialogue,
0: where you could just see him. This introduction to the apocalypse by showing and not telling. But it was a, it was a like you know it was that '50s '60s era, and they just had to do that, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's a weird film because it's shot in Italy with mostly an Italian cast, but it was owned by Hammer. It was actually a Hammer licensed product uh, that Matheson got to write on a little bit, but he had his name taken off this. Script. It's sort of a Alan Smithy project because he was under Or uh, Con- Conrad Bird. Conrad Bird. Um, what, let me see what his fake name was. It's something like Logan.
0: Yeah. Because uh, he, he didn't like a lot of the rewrites that they did. So he's like, listen, I want my name removed from the project. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Logan Swanson. There
0: you go. Oh, see, another another uh, another Bird thing, like Conrad Bird for, uh, for uh, oh. uh, Harlan, El- Harlan Ellison.
1: You know. Okay. There you go, Conrad Bird. Um, I forgot that was his "fuck you" <laughs> yeah. Um But uh, yeah, it's um, you know it's it, it's it's you can tell that it's shot in Italy at some points, um, but at least it showed us things that I you know I always like seeing an apocalypse, like like that like the burial pit.
0: Yeah, like they're the still they're, they're they're still smoldering, and they've been smoldering for three years because he keeps yeah. on putting things in there and burning them.
1: Yeah. I I like the horrible, he's still going back to the same burial pit that's on the edge of the city three years later. Um, I think they deal with things like the car breaking down in, in does his car break down or you have to get a new car at some point in, uh, yeah. Last man.
0: Yeah. Like his car gets, it gets trashed because he, you know, he stayed out too late. So, which again, they, they redo an Omega
1: man, but there's a lot of cool things in last man on earth, but, it's slow moving. It's not quite as exciting, although I did li- I mean, I did sort of like the part where the uh, the other people show up with their fucking machine guns and and you know jeeps and things, and they're all paramilitarized. It's like yep. you
0: know, well, that's how. Well, they weren't quite like that in the book, weren't they? Basically, they just like show up in black cars and they have sunglasses and trench coats, like they're the freaking uh, G-men from that one episode of the X Files. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, they 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 do look a little man in blacky, but I do remember this thing about how they had um, they had like big fifty caliber machine guns because if they make a big enough hole in an infected vampire a dead vampire it causes the 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 bacteria that keeps them sort of cemented together eats them apart it it changes from a, I think in the uh, uh, the book it described it as a an anaerobic there's something about like this, this, this bacteria that it's an anaerobic symbiote um, where it's if, if, the, if the bacteria isn't exposed to oxygen, it helps keep the dead vampire moving. But if it's exposed to oxygen, it turns into an aerobic that is a oxygen using parasite and will destroy the host. So if you make a big enough hole in them that's so big that they can't heal over and close the hole before oxygen gets in. They'll uh, like like with a big shotgun, and at some point, Neville's like uh, cutting them open, like uh, like up a wrist. You know, he's, he's, there's a part where he's using metal to cut them open because he doesn't just have to drive a stake through them and keep the keep the injury open with the stake until the uh, the the disease turns on the host. But he finds other ways to get rid of them quick, turn them to dust, turn them to, to sort of ash. And apparently, big giant fucking guns does the same thing. You
0: know so, what? I think I think it does that to real people too. So
1: yeah, yeah, it slows slows them down. You know, with that giant fist size hole in the middle of their chest. Um, but they did have, they were they were tooled up. I, I think I remember them being tooled up. But they're very paramilitary in the in the movie, and they are wearing black pants and black turtlenecks. So they've got this, you know, again, uh, it, this army of Goths, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beat beatnik goths or something. I don't know. But they they were tooled
0: up, and I was very. I they're, they're they came in there snapping their fingers, or they had the machine guns. You know.
1: Well, I was very pleased that they actually had PPSH forty uh, ones. Yeah. They had those Stalin's banjos, which you never see. I'm kind of wondering why did that end up in the prop department?
0: Because what? it was filmed. Because <laughs> you said you answered your questions. It was filmed in Italy. So it was probably yeah. easier. Where did
1: the Italians get them from? It's not like the Italians were Soviet clients
0: in the 1960s. I guess it was but, easier to get them than you know.
1: I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe maybe they're just hemorrhaging for practically for free out of Yugoslavia next door, and they just picked up some on the cheap.
0: Yeah, but I, yeah. Uh, I was, it, was, it was in Europe, so I figured that had a lot to do with it. You know, so yeah.
1: it's a cool machine gun. I was very glad to see it in a movie. It doesn't get it doesn't turn up very often.
0: So that was, you know, again, I am legend, black and white, Vincent Price uh, follows the book fairly closely. You know, again, classic, you know, classic film. You know, it's, it's although a he does slow. do
1: the transfusion. He does do the yeah. transfusion with the girl, Ruth, which comes back in the one that we first fell in love with.
0: The Omega, the Omega Man. Omega Man. With Charlton Heston. So we'll, we'll move on to uh, Omega Man because I love the Omega Man. because um, we were Because I was thinking about doing this show – and you, you, do, do you know – here, let me see if I could uh, hold on. Hold on, please. My right. like My current general ringtone is – let's see if you can hear this. There is no phone ringing, guys. There is no phone. That is my current general ringtone. That's a that sir. There's no phone ringing, damn it! Which right out of the gate in the film, uh, he's, he's like driving, he's tooling around the city in his convertible Mustang. He's got he looks like he has safari gear on. Basically, he's got like you know like a leather belt, you know that you can see like maybe somebody would have had like in World War One. He's got like a uh, like like a not it's more like a safari jacket on. You know he's riding around the car, shooting at things. With the aviator sunglasses. aviator sunglasses. And, uh, you know, goes in to see a movie, and he comes out, and he starts hearing all the phones ring, you know, because, again, he's starting to lose his his marbles a little bit because he's been alone for so long. Well, there's that
1: scene where he's in the the theater saying all the lines. Oh, yeah, because he's seen the movie
0: so many times.
1: Yeah. Woodstock held over for a third straight
0: year. Yeah. Now I, I watched some of the, as I have the Blu-ray, which came out in like two thousand seven or something like that. And by the way, the transfer was pretty damn good on, on the, for the Blu-ray. Uh, but basically, the extra content was from like the two thousand one release of a DVD, which had a couple of uh, like interviews and stuff like that. Now, uh, Is a
1: period documentary. There's, a, there's like a period documentary
0: that was made at the time. Yeah, there was a. Now I guess the, there was the writer, the writer of the film, and the co-writer, which was his wife. I think he must have been—he must have passed away because he wasn't in that little documentary. It was like it was like eight minutes long, but she was talking about why they didn't go with vampires. They they're like was they're like we just couldn't do vampires. We didn't want to do vampires. We didn't think it was going to work, so they went with a uh, viral epidemic during uh, the germ warfare. Because number one. She has a, she was a PhD in like chemical engineering and stuff like that. So she was like a doctor of like chem, of chemistry and chemical war, you know, chemical warfare and shit like that. And then her husband was had like degree, had the doctorates in like psychology. So they're like, we wanted to try to make it something plausible at the time. Cause she was talking about it's, it's, to this day, it's still possible that we could kill ourselves with uh, germ warfare. So this was in 2001. Uh, so, that's why they went with that route. They kept some of the same elements, like, yeah, they're sensitive to daylight. And they talked a lot about, too, about it was done through chemical, you know, the chemical warfare, sensitive to light. And they talked about how their part of the symptoms were, like, hallucinations, dementia. Because uh, you got to think that uh, M- Matthias – I love Matthias, by the way. Just, his name is just cool. You know, Matthias, yeah. Matthias was the reporter you know, reporting on the fall Society. Well, better than
1: that, it's not just that uh, it's uh, Anthony Zerba, or yeah. Zerby. It's not just that he's a reporter. He's like Walter Cronkite. It's yeah. like Walter, the apocalypse happens, and Walter Cronkite becomes Charles Manson. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now it's the, fa- they fucking call it the family. Yep. So, and it's L.A., so I'm smelling some Chucky on this one.
0: Oh yeah, well it came
1: out in, it came out in
0: 1971, so yeah. so uh, it's very interesting because oh, part of because again so so everybody people get you know in in the as they call them tertiary cases they are albino sensitive to light and you got to think yeah people are desperate people are hopeless but why are they clinging together following what Matthias says besides besides him having a very uh, good leadership qualities and very charismatic, you know, but he really twists these people into, you know, technology is bad. We're going to go back to medieval times. Uh, The users of the wheel, you know, tech, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's a man of the past. They're bad. They, they don't have the scar. They don't have the marks and stuff like that. And I'm like, why the fuck are these people? That, that was what I found a little kind of, why are they following this guy bleeding this? Because I think they explain a little more that the people are just, you know, they've lost because the you know, the the germorphers basically fried their mind, you know, so yeah. and you can see that they're very docile, follow everything he says, they're just kind of brainwashed because they're easy to control, you know?
1: Yeah, well apparently not everyone is as docile because the two first of all, uh Matthias I- isn't uh Quite so docile. He's still got quite the personality. And then there's the other brother, who, you know, climbs up the side of the building. whose uh, whose name I am suddenly forget forgetting. Um, He's the one who's clearly like some former Black Panther, some former like you know revolutionary who's talking about the man. And Matthias has to keep reminding him that. You know, we're all albinos now, so we're pretty much beyond that whole race shit, um, but, they, but he does agree with them that it's the man, that you know that it's the old world, it's the powers that be that killed the world. In some ways, they see Matthias, or sorry Matthias and his people see Neville like uh, the, 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 like, like the, the, the women saw um, um, Immortan Joe. yeah. You know? in in uh in fairy road they see him as he's the symbol of the past he's the people who killed the world he's he is a a representative of that of that old world so they see themselves as the heroes of this story you know that they're going to fix everything but their plan to fix everything is burn libraries wreck technology destroy infrastructure like it's this magical thinking that gee if we just kill matthias everything's going to be coming up roses
0: Oh yeah, you know, and I, I love how you know the one guy. He's like, "Well, it's like he lives high in the light, Well, we are down here." You know, it's like, yeah. "Let me go, let me go to the old National Guard Army and get a we'll get a cannon and we'll blow him out of there." No, my brother, we cannot do that. You know, that is the way of the wheel and the past, and we are you know, yeah, we'll, that, we'll
1: turn to the bad ways and we'll destroy what's left of the world. You know,
0: um, yeah, cause, yeah, because uh, burning what's left of the world is not gonna
1: apparently that's not a big that's not as big a deal. The one thing that's missing from Los Angeles in that movie, and, it, and they do some great jobs of filming uh, in LA downtown to make it look deserted. They filmed, um, on, they filmed on Sundays and holidays. Yeah. And they do a great job of having, uh, with a limited budget, of getting big empty spaces. But um, the one thing that LA should have had a ton of was fires. It should have looked like London. Fire in the survivors where just shits on fire all the time, <laughs> you know, uh, with nobody to put it
0: out, everything would be on fire all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, and also on the DVD, the blu-ray, which was from the DVD, there was a docu- a small documentary where Charlton Heston heard that th- there was this, uh, well-known at the time, uh, anthropologist, Ashley Montague. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he was an, af- a British American anthropologist. Uh, who, popu- who popularized popularized the study of topics such as race and gender and their relation to politics and development? Um, he uh, was in Los Angeles at the time of the filming, and uh, Charles Hedges wrote wrote one of his books and like wanted to talk to him, invited him onto the set, and there and it was interesting. It's probably on YouTube to see his dialogue with uh, with Ashley talking about Neville and the psychology of Neville. Like, uh, you know, you know, isolation and they're like, well, you know, why did, because he has uh, uh, brought the question of well, why didn't he leave? Why is he staying where he's at? Because, and he was, and, you know, Ashley was talking about it was like, well, you know, even though he's alone, he's alone, but he'd rather stay with the enemy because those are at least there's interaction and other people there. Whereas, <laughs> where, whereas if he would have gone out into the woods by himself, he's totally by himself.
1: He could have blown his brains out in six months alone. Yeah, with nothing to do, uh, as opposed to having somebody to fight against, so that he can at least maintain some sanity. That's interesting.
0: Oh yeah, and they were talking about that, which it's very. It was, it was like going like a. Five, it's like a seven minute little clip of him talking to to him, and it's very it's very interesting. You know, listen to Heston talk to the guy, and they're talking about because again, he's a. apparently social, you know, anthropologists talking about all that interaction, which is pretty amazing because, you know, Neville had his routines, you know, he did this and he did this and he did this and he said, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, when he started not doing his routines, that's when he started to slip, you know, when the other, you know, when the woman came into the picture, you know, his routines changed, you know, when he started to get careless, we started getting careless beforehand, you know, like, yeah, he stayed too long in the movie and he almost didn't make it back. Then he, you know, met her. Oh, I forgot to fill the I forgot to fill the gas of the generator. You know, so he started yeah. to slip, and that's where his downfall came. From his, uh, his, his he broke his routines.
1: Yeah, um, and I really, uh, I one of the things I love about the beginning of the film is he looks like he's so together at the beginning of the film with his fucking safari jacket and his his equipment belt and his machine gun and his aviated sunglasses. And then there's that part where the phones start ringing, and he's just shrieking like a crazy person. Yeah. And you realize how not together he is? That's, a that's, you know, that he could fly apart any second. And I like that, that when he runs into Dutch, and uh, and uh, what was Rosalind Cash's character's name?
0: Uh, uh, okay.
1: Rosalind Cash, uh, Lisa. Lisa. Uh, he runs, runs into Dutch and Lisa... So he's like, well, why didn't you guys contact me? And he's like, because you're shooting everything. There's that one thing where he's driving down the street and he sees a movement in a window. And he just jams
0: on the brake and just machine guns the window. Yeah, yeah. no wonder they didn't come talk to him. Yeah, because because we're like, well, dur- like we like we have to avoid you know the family during the day di- during the, at night, and then avoid you shooting at anything that moves during the day. You know. Yeah. But then that again, the but then but, but then again. They could have left a note. Like they know he, they know he leaves his place. They could have left a note. They could have left a note on his door or something.
1: But unlike the vampires in Last Man on Earth and um, uh, and uh, I Am Legend, he knows the family could make a note. Yeah, he knows the family could set a could, trap. So could set a trap like that.
0: And they, and they tried. Like when uh, they're. Towards the end, when he's driving around the streets, they're like putting up obstacles, getting in his way. That's
1: something else I'm going to throw out about this movie. Um, There's Chuck Heston with a machine gun, you know, which which, which is always a good thing, which is a good starting line for any scenario. So, Chuck Heston has a machine gun. And um, uh, I don't really think he does not create. 1980s, 1990s, 2000s movie levels of bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the, the number of casualties he inflicts in the bad guys are not like something out of a John Woo film. He kills some guys, all right. But, you know, it's a dodgy thing at night with no lights, having a fight with guys who are shooting arrows at you, you know. Um, He kills some guys. Absolutely. Uh, there's plenty of confrontations where the you know bad guys turn out very badly, but they don't make it super. Don't, they don't make him superhuman? Do
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, because uh, he was he was a scientist. He was in the military, but he wasn't he wasn't a warrior. You know. Yeah.
1: So uh, you know, yeah, he's got an advantage because he's got these tools, but uh, you know that can go pear-shaped really fast, as is demonstrated in the movie when they tip over the. The, uh, the wine cellar on him,
0: you know. Oh yeah, because uh, again, he's getting careless. Uh, now, when he's up top and he has the big infrared light to look through the scope, was that a bar that he yeah, has? That was a
1: yeah. That that, the, 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 that was a bar. The machine, the weapons that turn up in this movie is mostly there's the bar with the big infrared scope on it, which is actually a light shining an infrared spotlight down that then the scope can pick up, but human eye cannot. And it's just a huge, bulky, nasty thing, but uh, the other one
0: I can again, again, remember, remember this is like nineteen seventy seventy one so yeah,
1: the other thing he always has is that nine millimeter smith and wesson's m seventy six machine gun with the the air cooled perforated barrel on it yeah. and and in his arsenal there's like it 's funny how i don 't even with the 70s, they they're on the m sixteens hanging around the movie. I remember a lot of World War 2 vintage stuff or even earlier vintage stuff, you know, uh, uh,
0: hanging out like Well, 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 sh- well this they were filming this in 1970 71. When did the M16 get? well when did that first come out? 65 it's, it, it's
1: all over the 60s. It's all over Tet. It's all over um um uh uh it's all over the Tet offensive um oh. Hold on. I am, oh, answer this. I am answering this phone call. Mute yourself. I will mute myself. Hold on just a second where I hit the hit mute button. Where is that? Up here? Volume control. Am I muted? Um, okay. No, you're
0: not. Okay. I'm not muted? All right. Wait a minute. Here it is. Okay. Now he's muted, folks. All right. Scott had to take a phone call, unfortunately, uh, but we will continue talking here. Yeah. So, a lot of, uh, like he said, I'll, I'll lead off there. There's a lot of vintage weapons uh, there. Um M16 was, you know, all over the 60s, but it's still probably relatively new, so they probably had a little bit harder time uh, getting that weapon. But uh, but he said he had the arsenal, but he always had those few weapons there. Now, um, I, was, I don't know where the hell we we're going to go with this conversation. <laughs> see, it's good when, when you have two people working off each other. You kind of it flows organically what we're doing. So um, so yeah, so it came out in 1971. Uh, one of the things that I did like about the whole setting was that they didn't overdo, the, the I mean they put debris in the road, they had, they, but they had a lot of bodies around and the lot of dust on everything. Like when he found, when he went to get his second, the Mustang, because at first he had a Ford, I think it was, a, it might've been like a, a Grand Torino or something, uh, he gets the Mustang, he's in the dealership, you know, there's bodies around. He's like lifting the hood up and there's dust and cobwebs on it. So they did pay attention to that kind of detail uh, I, I love
1: that he had to put a new battery in it. You know, there's there's this whole thing we have to prime the motor and prime the carburetor rather
0: than just get in and turn the engine and drive off. Yeah, he had, a, he, had a, he carried around a, a jerry can full of gas with him because you know his car might break. You know, he might get, need to get a new car. But uh, what I was saying is with the uh, back to – I'll get back to that in a second – was with the weapons, that you know, the M-16 was probably – was relatively new when that was being built. It, no, it
1: was pretty standard. By the time 71 rolls around, it is the weapon uh, of the U.S. Army. It would have been all over the place. But
0: but maybe, um, they, maybe they didn't have civilian versions. Maybe they probably couldn't well, get
1: – it's not just that. It's just that certain weapons take different kinds of flash – sorry, uh, 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 not flash suppressors, but um, blank um, – adapters to, to make. And, uh, some of the weapons that he had, you know, like they never show. The, I don't think they actually show the BAR fire. I think they just show the impact on yeah. the ground, you know? Um, but those, uh, but those nine millimeter machine guns have such a light bolt on them. It's easier to get a, a, a blank adapter for it. It's easier to get a, a, a cartridge that will move the, the action, um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, what's the easiest thing for the prop department to, to use, uh, as a, uh, uh and make look, uh, look, look realistic. And because, you know, so many of the weapons in his arsenal, like there are some MP40s like the old Schmeiser German machine gun. There's some of those in his arsenal. I think it was just, you know, we're just going to go down to the uh, prop department, the MGM, grab the stuff that they used in, uh, they they used in um, the Dirty Dozen. Stick it in the arsenal, and that's the end of it. You know that that's as far
0: as they they uh, necessarily. Oh, yeah. thought and, about. and related to his weapons, because again, you know, like we, we were talking about, hey, well, how he we, they were always out in the street in front of his house. Why was he not shooting at them? Because he had those blinding lights on him. And later on in the movie, he's on the roof, and those are those uh, those are Browning thirty calibers. Yeah, those are
1: good. Oh, no fifties. No, those are good. Ass- okay. When he's talking to the kid up on the yeah. roof about where Neville where sorry, where Matthias's people are, yeah, those are giant honkin'. I think those are gi- giant honkin' M2H uh,
0: uh, heavy those, barrels. Those are 50. I didn't think, I didn't know that. I didn't know there was. I thought they were. I thought they were. Gonna, you know what? I'm going to go up.
1: look. I'm going to go look immediately on. Uh,
0: weaponopedia, uh, whatever it is called. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, guna p. Yeah, yes, exactly. The firearms database, because there's certainly a fifty over at the kids' camp with Dutch and Lisa. Because yeah. uh, there's this little kid behind a giant fifty, but I think you might be right. I think those. Uh, uh, I-, I think those uh, weapons on the roof were actually thirty calibers
0: Brownings. But regardless, regardless, um, it's very World War II. He's on the roof. Pretty high up and if he could reach them with the BAR he could definitely reach them with the with the Brownings on the roof and those giant spotlights why when they were out in front of his house why is he just going up to the roof and just freaking just mowing him down with the with the 30 with the 30 caliber because let me tell you he would be thinning their numbers out real quick if they wouldn't get so close all the time if they knew that they were gonna be made Swiss cheese you know
1: I get you know there's all kinds of ways you can write your way out of that hole like, why is this thing happening that I don't understand? You know, why he's just not gunning them down? And my first thought would be, if I'm Matthias, right? If I'm Matthias, and I'm I want to be, you know, the first thing I don't like is um, uh, the first thing that I don't like is is uh, uh, technology, right? And I don't want to have to deal with um, uh, well, not having too much of it. You know, the first things that get burned down or set on fire are gun stores, police stations, army barracks, you know, so that Neville's ability to resupply is cut off. So maybe he's not just gunning them down because he's worried that he'll They're run out it. of ammo.
0: Yeah, that, that's true. But again, he looks like he had a couple of belts on those things. So let me tell you, you know what? They had, they must have had like 30 people out there. He probably could have taken a big number, but but then again, I think part of it comes back to what what Heston and uh, Ashley were talking about is he kind of needed them as much as he hated them and he needed them psychologically to inter to work off and interact with,
1: you know. Yeah, I, I like that answer a lot better. That like he needs this war to go on. If he and, and even when the kid tells him where the where they are, and his first, you know, has this moment where he's gonna jump up and go kill Matthias's people uh, and then he goes no fuck it you know part of that is if he does go and exterminate them then does that mean his story is over
0: what well, else has that, he got you know but no he found the new people so he wanted to he just wanted to get out of there he just want he did he just wanted to go with Lisa with the group and just get the fuck out of there you know also that's kind of funny because like, Reggie is a kid and yeah. he's talking to him he's like it's like you gotta either kill him or cure him. Or before he says that, he's funny. He's like, you know what, Mr. You're hostile. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which I love that line, Mr.
1: You're hostile. You know, one of my favorite moments is just that thing where Rosalind Cash finds the the, the condoms and just goes. <laughs> no, it's
0: uh, yeah, the birth control, yeah. Yeah, it was birth control pills. She's like, well, I guess we're not using this. <laughs> well, they had a section in the pharmacy which said Planned Parent, Planned Parenthood supplies. Yeah, like uh,
1: maybe not for a couple years.
0: You know, but uh, but the thing about the movie was the one thing. Uh, like I said, it's again, we're not writing movies, so uh, but you know, it's not flawless, but it's a good movie. It's a good ride. One of the things I did not like about it was the stereotypical 70s soundtrack. Oh, yeah, it's a bit porny. Yeah, Yeah. It, it is. It's just like, oh, my God, I wish there was no fucking incidental music. <laughs> I, I, you know.
1: I will not disagree. This is me not disagreeing. Yeah, um, that,
0: that was a problem because it just definitely <laughs> had a 70s soundtrack.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the three Chuck Huston films I always think of for – the future sucks. Is Omega Man, Soil and uh, Green, Soil and Green, and um, and Planet of the Apes, and Planet of the Apes always had the you know the sort of the most kick-ass soundtrack because it was yeah. so alien, um, it was so weird and nasty and unpleasant. Uh, so it really worked. I don't remember. Do you remember um, anything about
0: Soil and Green soundtrack? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to watch it. It's been a while. I don't remember, but I'm yeah, sure, sure it'll all flood him back.
1: But the fact that we don't remember it means it can't have been too fucking terrible.
0: Or we just don't remember. You know? we, or it was so fucking terrible, we just blocked it out. Well, true. A, like, I got, I was, like, I got that 70s porn music in my head from Omega Max. I just I just watched it again last night. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, this music, this music is so terrible. You know, but... Um, that's the problem with a lot of these post-apocalyptic movies that we love from the '70s. A lot of times, the music ain't so good. No, no. So uh, again, Mega Man's another solid film. Uh, let's talk about the 2007 version, I Am Legend, with Will Smith, uh, before we hit Ow. the top. Of, be- before we hit the top of the hour. Ow. Now, um, well, the biggest. We'll just talk about. let will just be out. The biggest problem that both Scott and I have with this film. Is the CGI rubber monsters that they use?
1: Well, if they'd been rubber, they wouldn't have been a problem. The problem is that they're not rubber, they're made of fake yeah, elastic CGI face. That's so what I mean. Right? The, when I remember, mean like, raw, you know, the big long mummy jaws. It's like, come on. It's got to be a direct impact of that shitty mummy movie. Well, the mummy movie's not shitty, but that effect
0: showed it's up shitty. everywhere. Absolutely. After. Yeah. You know, there, you know, we read a lot of places that there was, oh, originally they were going to use practical effects for it, and we wish they would have, because then it would have made it more tolerable, because there's nothing worse than terrible CGI, because even good CGI isn't that good. You know, it's fake, but if you don't spend all the money and time to make the CGI good, it really looks shitty, you know? Like, you got to spend top dollar on it to make it look to where it's. Especially, okay, when you have inanimate things or using it in backgrounds or using it as enhancements, CGI is fine. But when you're using doing living creatures, it looks terrible. It just looks terrible. I'm sorry. So that was my major problem with it. Now, the I Am Legend, uh, Will Smith movie, which came out in 2007, by the way. I didn't realize that was eight fucking years ago. Is they followed, they took both from I Am The Story and the Omega Man. So they they definitely followed more of used, more vampiric creatures. You know, and they took a lot of this stuff from the Omega, you know, kind of like how the Omega Man was. And one of the things they're talking about, because I watched some of the little documentary pieces, uh, they apparently did a lot of research before they did this movie about viral pathogens and all that stuff to see how viruses would work. So they actually tried to get their science, you know, Somewhat right, you know, they tried to make it plausible by making it at least based in grounded reality You know, so that, that was interesting how much work they did on that And one of the things that were funny is they were talking with a lot of CDC people they're talking about things like Ebola like viruses are living and dead like they're not really alive but yeah,
1: it's that whole weird thing where they only have half a strain. They have like a string of RNA rather than a full string of DNA.
0: Yeah, and lot, well, the thing is, a lot of them they're just proteins and, and chemicals. That's why yeah. you could you could freeze one for five hundred years and it'll be fresh as daisies when you defrost it. Because they're not because they're not really alive, but they're and they're not really dead. So it's kind of an interesting uh, thing, which I, I didn't really realize. So they you know a lot, on the I Am Legend D- uh, Blu Ray, there's a lot of interesting information about how they made the film and the research that they did on it. So again, it takes from both, you know, because this time it was brought about by the so-called cure. They tried to come up with a cure for cancer and it worked for a while, but then everybody started turning into, you know, uh, vampiric, feral, you know, vampire zombie creatures,
1: you know? Yeah. They do downplay the vampire aspect pretty hard. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're monstrous and they're killers and there's even vampire or monster dogs. but, they don't really play up the vampire aspects like the garlic, the
0: mirrors, the crawling. Oh, no, no, not at all. But just that you know, they're light sensitive, photosensitive. Yeah, they photosensitive. You know, they're more feral. And I think one of the things that they did, you know, and I love his. They talk about his routines, which help keep him sane. He sets alarms, you know, reminders. Oh, time to get up. Time to do this. Time to go home. Time to turn. Or the- just
1: just to notice that time's going by, to have a sense of time, yeah. you know, before he just loses track of it. And it, uh, you know, and by the way, uh, I go. I just finally got to IMFDB, you know. Uh, it was actually a thirty caliber at the kids' camp, and it's, yeah, it's two giant freaking M250s. Oh, they were juices. okay. Yeah, they are with the, yeah, just looking at the uh, ammo boxes and the bullets are the size of bananas. So, yeah, anyways, back to...
0: Will Smith. Um, I think they do, uh, and also I love his fortification with the shutters and everything that he does to, help to protect. You know uh, that that location. Uh, he does his routines. He doesn't park in front of his house. And what well, was that? Was that like? Uh, was it bleach that he was spraying everywhere, like dripping everywhere to get uh, them off his scent? Yes, I think it was. So I mean, he,
1: that's. That's how I interpret it as, was that it was bleach, um, which is, yeah, which is bad stuff. It would, uh, it would definitely eliminate a scent trail, sort of, um, and it's also going to damage your nose if you sniff it, so it would discourage somebody from following the bleach trail.
0: But then on the other hand, my thought is, is like, well, if they notice that, look, there's bad bleach smell here but nowhere else, why is it just here? Yeah. But then again, they were they they weren't thinkers too much. Well, they were very, they,
1: they they finally copped to what they are when they build the, the trap.
0: Well, I think that was the leader who did that because yeah. he seemed to be the smarter one because he saw the same trap that he used to capture somebody. He did the same thing to him. So right. he, he, there was some rudimentary, there was some intelligence there. Uh, but overall, I don't think they're as intelligent as you know you or I. Just you know because or the, the
1: family. Or as intelligent as Matthias and the family.
0: So, But I would have been like, oh, look, there's, there's bad smells here but nowhere else. Why is that there? Let's watch this place a little bit more. So uh, I like how they set up the environment at the beginning of the film. They definitely seemed like they were – this was probably around the time when um, uh, Robert Wiseman's uh, The World Without Us came out, that book. I Yes. Think. And uh, I think probably Life After People probably first came out. So there's definitely, they realize that, listen, if there's no population in an area for a long time, there's, it's not going to be like you think. So they might have had some kind of consultation here because they had the overgrowth, the decay, the flooding of the tunnels. So I think they did a good job of setting up the environment of not having man there for three years.
1: Um, I think you're right. Uh, like the collapse of the bridge, um, you know, when they show the collapsed bridge, Although that's destroyed by an airstrike uh, in the film. The thing I keep remembering seeing on IMDb was that whole Brooklyn Bridge getting blown up sequence with all the people. That was a $5 million shoot because they shot it on the actual Brooklyn Bridge, that crowd scene. Mm. So that kind of blew my mind. The other thing that blew my mind about uh, I Am Legend is it made its money back. Yeah, or at least it made about three times the production cost. I don't know if that covers advertising, but I am amazed that it made that much money.
0: Well, it's Will Smith. He was a, he was a very big box office draw at that time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he may not quite have that kind of pull, but he sure shit had it back then. Um, and that- yeah, so it wasn't a, the film wasn't a financial failure, but they definitely chickened out on the ending. And apparently, chickened out because they showed the downer ending to audiences, and then changed it. That whole part where they go to. Well,
0: there, well, there's a two. There's a theatrical, and then there's the alternative ending. Now, okay. the theatrical ending is he gets uh, okay. Spoiler alert, people. The 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 theatrical ending is he gets them out of there. And he just sacr he gives them the serum, sacrifices himself so they could get out of there and wipes them out with the with the hand grenade. That was a theatrical yeah. version. Yeah. And then there was the there was the the, the feel-good one where you know he says, Oh, wait a minute. He's the bad guy is making a butterfly with blood, and oh my god, it's her he has feelings. There really is human under there. Let me give them back we could all go away all nice and happy. I didn't like that one.
1: Okay, there was that ending. But There was what there so okay, so no they never got around to filming the ending where the girl, Ruth, and her daughter are actually semi-infected.
0: I don't recall that one. No.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, there was some talk that they were that that, that they were gonna, oh, it's really gonna follow the, the original story, and they're gonna go with the idea that, you know, again, he's the freak and that community that, you know, with its happy wall and its guards and its post office and its green fields, that that little happy community was going to be filled with, you know, half-infected semi-vampires, semi-monsters who have adapted to, you know, to, to living in this new world. They were going to go with something closer to the original ending.
0: Ah, okay. The original
1: book. Um, I agree that the, gee, can't we all get along ending uh, was kind of bullshit. Um, but that moment where the seeing them walk out of post-apocalyptic New York into, you know, that little walled community is about as jarring as Deckard and Rachel getting on the elevator Then the Blade Runner and the doors close. And then suddenly they're out of this horrible acid rain-filled dark all the time, Los Angeles. And then they're in the mountains and there's sunshine and there's green trees. And you know what I mean? That weird ending of Blade Runner from the, yeah. the theatrical. And it's just like, Wait, it's so it's so jarring that it goes from this you know blighted urban landscape to this pastoral setting at the end. Yeah, I really didn't like that.
0: It it didn't work for me at all. Well, yeah, that part was kind of ab, but I did but I did like it better that it was okay. You get out of here. I'm done. So I'm gonna let you. Is that he made that sacrifice and still did die. So I did prefer yeah. that. I did prefer that than that. Can't everybody get a long ending? You know.
1: Yeah. Well, there's also the idea that everything he's been doing has been a waste. Yeah. I don't know if they really pushed that idea hard enough, but I really would have liked if they'd pushed the idea that it's like, uh, how many people have you horribly experimented on over the last, you know? There's all the
0: pictures of the wall. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's what they get along, the feel-good feel ending, where, yeah, they show the wall with, like, there's got to be, what, 100 pictures on the wall of the of the, More. Of the, of the experiments, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I wish really, I really they'd push the idea that all these captures, all these people who were tortured to death in his medical experiments trying to find a cure, that not only did he not find a cure, but maybe that it was a waste of time from the beginning. Like, you know, um, uh, that he wasn't actually making any progress. So it was this sort of – his existence, his whole mission – was bullshit. And that might be one of the reasons why he sacrifices himself because at least this time he's actually saving somebody. Yeah. You know, as opposed to this play acting,
0: pretending, hoping he's going to save somebody, which he's failing at utterly.
1: Yeah. Cause he was doing
0: all that. Cause again, that was part of his routine. He had to have a purpose. He had to do something. Yeah.
1: And that's the big thing about, uh, Omega man. Uh, and, uh, uh I am legend uh, and that is the most important thing, I think, It's not the vampires, not the, not the apocalypse, but it's the loneliness thing. It's the whole, oh, yeah. you know, the, 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 it, somebody suggested that it's up there with Robinson Crusoe and, you know, sort of like, how are you going to deal with being alone? Um, it reminds me very much, speaking of The Quiet Earth, it reminds me of the New Zealand film, The Quiet Earth, except with no, the only antagonists. And that story, for the most part, is being alone. The antagonist is your own brain turning to guacamole because you're all by yourself in a, in a completely empty world. Yeah, um, that's another apocalypse that I think we can all highly recommend.
0: Oh uh, the White uh, Earth. Oh yeah, yeah. The whole the whole eyes dot, That's yeah. That's what these main things is with the films is is the isolation. Yeah. You know, the being by yourself, and that's again, Heston talks with Ashley about that. You know, is that the isolation of being alone, how he needs people? And so it's, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy, you know, uh, all that. But it's, um, like I said, the Smith film, you know, again, because it's Will Smith, you know, you know it, some of it was interesting. You know, I so said it wasn't, it was, if, if they didn't do the CGI monsters, it could have been a lot better. Uh, oh,
1: yeah, there have been practical effects on In fact, when he goes in the tunnel looking for the dog and you see the monsters at first, it's clearly people in suits and they scared the piss out of me. Yeah. But the moment they show up and they like roar at him from the doorway or the hand reaches out and burns or whatever. And it's obviously CGI. I stopped being scared because I knew the cartoon could not get me.
0: (laughs) Oh, the cartoons could get you. Don't, don't you worry about that? And they will. But,
1: uh... uh, the, um, uh, There's a few call-outs to the older films. I mean, I like the part where the kid puts in the DVD or the TV set, and Will Smith just automatically talks along with it. Yeah. Every line. Like, he's been doing that for so long, he just can't help himself but to talk along because he hears the the dialogue,
0: and he just starts filling in the dialogue. Oh, yeah. Um, Because because there's no need to go to a movie theater like in the 70s film because there wasn't... There wasn't, you know, there wasn't VHS yeah, exactly. or DVDs. But, I mean, you could have had your own little film reel thing, but uh. but
1: that was a, that was a shout out to Heston sitting in the theater doing all the dialogue oh, yeah. for the Woodstock documentary, and so there's there's a number of cool shout outs, and the dog is a shout out to yeah. the dog that Vincent Price finds. Um, so there's yeah, there's certain shout outs to the older previous editions that were sort of interesting, but um, uh, the monsters when they come bounding across the uh, city. Like, you know, marsupials or whatever, you know, on all fours. Lemmings. Yeah. And they're clearly CGI. It just it sucks all the fun out of it.
0: Right? Yeah. Even though it's nice little set up with all the bombs around the house is pretty cool. You know, yeah. if, like that that's his last man standing. That's his last ditch effort. Is like, okay, they're they're storming the castle. I gotta take as many out I gotta take as many with me as I can. Because yeah,
1: there's your yeah. Instead of an Alamo gun, he had an Alamore series of claymores.
0: Apparently, oh yeah, because it's like you know what? It's like I may not live through this, but I'm gonna make them pay. Attitude, yeah. you know, and that's fine, and I like that. And it would have been a cool shout out is they would have had him have a to the Heston films. They would have if he would have been listening to music on eight track tapes uh, because <laughs> because all because it, that is. You know, in the car, in the thingies, 8-track tapes, you know, all over the place, you know. All right, for you kids who are young viewers, you know, they had this thing called 8-track tapes uh, before before MP3s, before CDs, you know, and uh, what was it, before, before vinyl?
1: cassettes. Cassettes.
0: Uh, well, cassettes were around the team, but they weren't as popular as uh, – cassettes were in the 70s, but 8-tracks were the thing. 8-tracks were horrible for kids. I'd rather have a cassette tape than an 8-track tape any day. Well, I, I... – I'd rather have a broken ankle than an eight track. Oh <laughs> yeah, hell. because you, you put it in. You had say twelve. Uh, say you had twelve songs on it. It was broken up into four sections: three, 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 and three. Oh, I want to listen to the fifth song. Well, you hit track number two, and you got to listen to a whole song and break. And, and get then you the wait. And, and then, then you, you wait. wait. And at least, <laughs> or at least with a record, you can put it on the put it on the no nope, eight tracks. Horrible.
1: Horrible,
0: horrible, horrible. <laughs> um,
1: but uh, well, I mean, that in and of itself is enough to cause the apocalypse. You know, I think back to like, again, until I think back to uh, Escape from New York, where they're, the big thing they're fighting over is a, is a cassette tape. Yeah. Is <laughs> a, a magnetic cassette tape. In the future! And I'm like, well, oh, not so much in the future. <laughs> it's always the future through a backwards lens.
0: Anyways, um, uh, so, so, yeah, so I, am again, and also the one thing I didn't buy as much was when they set the trap for him and he was hanging upside down for, he had to be up there for, what, five, six hours?
1: Uh, i got to tell you, five or six hours upside down is going to do horrible shit to your brain. Yes. Um, your, your head's going to swell up. Your cranial pressure's going to go through the roof. I think if you're hung up that long, you might – not wake up,
0: you know. I mean, was it wasn't. He was. He was out for several hours, right? I'm not wrong. Well, on
1: that they, one. they they sort of implied. I mean, I got a passage of time in that scene. Yeah, he hit his head, and hitting his head as he's jerked off his feet because it pulled his foot out from under him. That'll render him unconscious. For I mean, it's clear that they sort of implied he had a concussion because yeah. he was out for a while. But then add to that concussion plus the over pressure. I'm amazed that you could wake up from a situation like
0: that you know what I mean Or if he did wake up he'd be able to do anything because he was being hung by one oh. leg. oh my God all that that oh I mean he did stab himself in the legs so but he, even if he didn't stab himself in the leg he might not be able to walk on that leg because all the joints and the muscles have been stretched out he would have been in a uh, lot of fucking pain.
1: Yeah yeah they, they didn't quite sell that I mean because that trap will rip all your ligaments and all your soft tissue to pieces. Um, it's not just like sproing, and then they let you down later. It's spruing and here's your crutches.
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs> here's a real here's a wheelchair, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but, um, but what again so
1: it, it it generally looked good. New York looked good, right?
0: Yeah. I New think York so. New York looked good and post apocalyptic.
1: You know.
0: Uh again, overall, I mean it's it's you know, it's not a bad movie. It could have been a whole lot better. Again, if they would have had practical effects for the monsters, I think it would have raised it up a lot to me. So and Again,
1: I just wish somebody would go back to the original thing and have a very downer ending where, you know, this is it for humanity. I mean, but you don't get endings like that since, well, since Chuck Heston movies where we're, pe- you know, so green is people or, you know – they blew it all up, you maniacs! You know, uh, humanity usually gets off pretty easy in
0: big budget films. Oh yeah, that, that's why I love the myth so much because oh my god, they're doing a real not happy ending, yeah. and you know what? People were outraged, but I was loving it. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, what would you want to see? A horror movie or a, or, or a, an adventure movie?
0: You know? Or that, or, or, I mean. like, or or like with The descent. You know, American oh, yeah. uh, American audiences needed a different ending because oh, it's not; it's too depressing. I love the original ending. It's like, oh fuck, you know, yeah. it's it's fucked. It's totally fucked. Yeah. Yeah. But That's, anyway,
1: the best part about it is is it's fucked inside and out because not only is she doomed in a cave, she's doomed in her head in a cave. So yeah, you
0: gotta you got you got you gotta double whammy there, a little twin axe attack. But um. So yeah, anyway, so I am Ledger is pretty good. So uh, real brief because we have nothing to talk about related to this is apparently there was a movie that came out right. What was it called? The Omega. Oh,
1: I am Omega. I am Omega. It was, it was listed. It was listed as a um, what a uh, a mock blust, a mockbuster. Apparently, there's a type of film called a mockbuster where uh, you make a film just as another movie's coming out, and you give it a title that's incredibly close. Uh, my favorite being Transmorphers, which is a bunch of films try, like, trying to make you think that you're renting Transformers, but you're not. I didn't realize that this was a whole thing, but yes, apparently there's a whole industry of trying to get another shit movie out just under the wire for a blockbuster to fool people with, I don't know, the Red Box rental yeah. or
0: the video store. Or, ah, so... So I only learned about this yesterday. I haven't seen it. Scott hasn't seen it. And, you know, there's probably a reason why.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I looked at the uh, IMDB listing and I looked at the, the Wikipedia page and um, there was nothing that was beckoning me on. There was absolutely nothing there seducing me. I can't imagine that it would be worth losing those minutes. Yeah, exactly. I them
0: back. Yeah, I've, I've wasted my uh – my time on a lot of things. And that's something I don't want to waste my time on. So I,
1: I, I think I am legend. The the book still holds up. I think you'll still be happy if you pick up that Matheson novel, even though it is dated
0: technologically and socially, I think you'll be impressed with it. Nonetheless. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a good read. So if you get a chance to do that, so, so folks, that is uh, I am legend. That was the book. That's the films again, very, you know, uh, definitely post-apocalyptic, you know, by our definitions, uh, all the movies, worth seeing, you know, particularly, uh, uh, so out of all the films, Scott, uh, would you say your favorite is the Omega man like myself? Well,
1: It's the most fun. And it's the one it that I saw on the CBS late night movie, which was the 1130 at night, you know, late night broadcasting on the, when all we had was commercial television back in the seventies. The I remember seeing that film on the late night movie and just being so excited about it as a kid. um, I think there's a lot of things I like about Last Man on Earth better, and related back to Mathis' novel.
0: But Omega Man was a lot of fun.
1: Omega so for, Man, just yeah, so a, a lot for,
0: of fun. Yeah, considering a fun movie, it's you know, it, but you yeah. know the you know the uh, the Last Man Earth suffers too much from that '50s '60s horror movie feel, which I don't particularly care for as much as I do other things. You know, but yeah. that's just but that's just me. So okay, cool. Uh, so that was uh, you know, folks again. Uh, If you haven't seen them, see all three of them for for real. Uh, See, you know, uh, The Last Man on Earth is on YouTube. That's where I watched it. Somebody, you know, there's a pretty good upload, uh, quality upload on there. And I'm sure you can find everything else on YouTube, I'm sure. So if you haven't seen them, I recommend. Certainly
1: certainly Omega Man's on Netflix last time I checked.
0: Um, So So that's there. Yeah. So see all three, and it's read the book as well. It's a short read. It's not a very. It's a. It's a. It's a short story. So.
1: One hundred and sixty pages in and out
0: done. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's worth your read, folks. So. Uh, so that's it for this week. We're gonna try to get we're gonna get back on track as best we can, because uh, I know two weeks would be Monday the fifth. Uh, are you coming, you're, you're coming back from the festival on the 5th, so.
1: I'm coming back on, from the festival on the 5th, but if you want to bump it to Tuesday,
0: uh, the
1: uh, 6th, um, I can do that early in the evening. That's fine. We can do it same bad time, same bad channel. All
0: right, we'll probably do that because, yeah, because that will work because uh, Wednesday is going to be uh, a Chinese fire drill for me because we're getting on a plane on Thursday to go up to uh, up, up north, so. Okay. Uh, and then that'll work out perfectly because I'll be away that following week, and then I'll be back the week after so we can get, we can get back on track. So, uh, Excellent. Folks, folks we don't know what we're doing yet because we haven't discussed it, but uh, uh, me and Scott will talk offline to discuss what we're going to do next. I mean, we're going to kick around maybe some of the ideas we were talking about previously of maybe doing something like uh, you know, the machine apocalypse because we've never done the machine apocalypse. Uh, but you know, I'm kind of hard-pressed. Is that, does, that
1: mean, does that mean we have to
0: cover maximum overdrive? Uh, yeah, you know, we could, uh, Maximum Overdrive, um, um, Uh, well, you know, there's a
1: couple of good machines. you know, there's the book, there's the story that Max, the shitty Maximum Overdrive was based on, which is, I think, called Trucks, and then there's, um, God, what is that, there's a, there's a, there's a short story about the machines taking over, uh, that I remember reading in, in, like, freshman English in high school, I'll find that, uh, there are a few there. There are a few machine ap- apocalypses out there we can find.
0: Yeah, Terminator movies. Uh, we could even talk about what was the one. Uh, what was the one seventies music? Seventies uh, movie project. Um, the Colossus, or something. Oh, oh, uh, Colossus, the Forbin project. Forbin project. That's machine apocalypse right there. Well, it
1: is less of a machine apocalypse as it is a. Uh, it's a bit like uh, it's it's it's. A little bit more like the origins of the machine dystopia. It's like yeah. the computer is about to become your friend, citizen.
0: Yeah. You know what, what I mean? We're going to blow the world up because the machines are taking over. So
1: yeah. yeah. It will
0: either be obeyed or we will have no
1: one to obey us.
0: Yeah, so it, 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 would, would, it would loosely fit in because, you know, sometimes some of the things we talk about are a little more dystopian than uh, apocalypse necessarily. You know, they kind of cross over sometimes. So uh, I think we could definitely draw up some stuff. Uh um, oh, yeah. for that so uh we're gonna we're gonna pencil in the machine apocalypse for now folks but we'll uh, again me and scott will talk a little more length and we'll see if we can come up with something better so right. uh so look for us in uh two weeks in a day uh so we're looking you know probably tuesday the what was i gonna say tuesday the sixth for our live next live show yes. and as normal you could always you know See these archived on the YouTube channel, and then typically within the week, I get them uh, the audio ripped and put it onto iTunes and also on the blog. And so, if you want to download it uh, to your MP3 player and uh, listen to it on your drive to work and hear our exciting voices and have us share all our knowledge with you about the apocalypse, our melodious, our melodious voices, yes, it will probably lull you to sleep and make you crash your car. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, clearly, we need to say more annoying things to keep them enraged on the drive to work so they'll have the adrenaline to stay awake and possibly run over cyclists and pedestrians on the way. So remember
0: folks, you suck. So uh <laughs> So you know we forgot to
1: we well, you know what we forgot to mention the Omega Man.
0: The what?
1: The Omega Man. The the Simpsons did an Omega Man spoof on one of the one of the oh uh, yeah, yeah. On one yeah. of the Halloween shows. Where it's the Omega Man, which again, that's kind of a that's kind of a natural. Oh, yes, I forgot. Everybody in town everybody in town is a mutant and you know No, we, we we don't wanna hurt you, we just wanna eat all your skin off. We're just skin eating mutants or something
0: like that. There's there's Oh, i have to look it yeah. up now. I totally forgot about that. So <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah. Stick the, uh, stick the link to the Omega man. Maybe there, maybe it's on YouTube someplace Stick it in the comments section. Yeah,
0: I'll say the comments. I'll also, if it's there, I'll favorite it under the uh, favorite section of the uh, YouTube channel. So folks, that's it for us this week. Uh, thank you as always for being here. You know, sorry for the, uh, little bit of absence, but you know what? Sometimes you need a little break. So see, but now, you know, it? what is it? Abs- absence makes the heart grow fonder. So yeah, ab- uh,
1: abscess. An abscess makes the heart grow more fungible,
0: I think, is what it is. It could be. So that's it, folks. Uh, This is Jared the Apocalypse Nerd Wallace and Adam Baum Baum Glancy saying thank you and good night, and we will see you in the wastelands.